0: Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Hey, I just got back from vacation, and it just, it, it, it kind of made me want to ask, do you have any stories about, like, bad hotel experiences? Uh, Yeah, I think, I think the worst one that
1: I can remember is, I was maybe, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. And it was was actually the reason I know how old I was. It wasn't too long after my parents split up. So it was my first vacation with my dad. Um, And he, my sister, and I go down to the beach and we're staying in this hotel. It's a nice beachfront hotel. And at one point, about two o'clock in the morning, the fire alarm goes off. And if you've ever been in a hotel where the fire alarm goes off, you have to exit the hotel. Oh, yeah. I've actually experienced that. And so then everything is all clear. You stand outside for an hour. You go back in. 45 minutes later, guess what happens? No. The fire alarm goes off again. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was not a fun night. But, but you know, in terms of bad hotel experiences,
0: that's probably the worst. Well, I mean, overall, we had a great trip. But there, there was one thing that was pretty crazy. We We checked into our hotel room. And, and I go to use the bathroom and I guess, I guess there had been some Dutch people staying in the room before we got there because there was, there was a wooden shoe in the toilet. The thing was clogged.
1: You sure you don't want to go back on vacation? chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions!
0: Welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast. Now you're all in big big trouble. Let me talk to you. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. Cam, how you doing today? What shaking bacon? Oh, not too much. Not, not too much. I've, I've been off the grid for a while. We, we haven't had an episode out in a bit. Um, I I haven't had a chance to watch much Braves baseball because I have been out of the country and therefore, um, unable to watch any. So, uh, I, I trust we won every game and everything went fine. Um, I will say the one game Oh yes, I, we,
1: we had a we had a
0: swell time while you were gone.
1: Just, <laughs> just, just a grand old time, Alex.
0: So I actually was able to find one baseball game um on Mexican television. Uh and it was an American baseball game, but it was the double-A Chattanooga Lookouts against the Tennessee Smokies. Why I could watch that game, I couldn't begin to tell you, but uh but but the the lookouts got smoked.
1: Does does that does that series have like a a special name to it or anything? I'm assuming that's a rivalry. Uh, I not that I'm aware of.
0: Like, is that like the Moonshine Series or something like that? I mean, if there's any rivalry with the Chattanooga Lookouts, it has to be between them and the Mississippi Braves because that was the team the Mississippi Braves were playing when the manager threw the Rosenbag grenade
1: lest we forget
0: Lest we what, must what a, we what, must never forget what a hero he really is the all-time greatest baseball meltdown bar none i just has he ever done an interview about that if not i mean i'd watch a an hour and a half documentary on it because they like I just want to know the
1: thought process of getting to that point of rage.
0: I feel like it has to get to the point where you just feel so ridiculous that that your brain switches to just we're going to make this as silly as we possibly can.
1: (laughs) We've already come this far. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that boy had some Leroy Jenkins in him.
1: Yeah so uh, so I'm assuming you had a very swell vacation because uh, we did not hear from you <laughs> very, very much at all in the group chat.
0: Nope 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 I was uh, I, I was off the grid and happy about it. It was uh, a fantastic vacation. Uh, went down to Cancun went to uh, we stayed at the Plant Hollywood resort down there. Uh, the all-inclusive thing which was great. And, and don't get me wrong, there are drawbacks to the all-inclusive resort thing. I mean, it's basically, it's a cruise ship on land. Uh, and, you know, food quality isn't the best, but it's good. Um, but it is nice to go on vacation and have like several consecutive days where no money comes out of your pocket. That was that was pretty much a new experience for us.
1: Yeah, I, I've been on one cruise and I will say that was kind of the nice thing about that experience of like you just kind of walk around and it's like hey it is uh it's 11 30 at night and i could really go for some soft serve ice cream i'm gonna go get some soft serve ice cream
0: yeah yeah it was great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely loved that aspect of it and of course you know we were right near the beach got to got to uh hang out there and by the pool all day every day um which is exactly what we were doing so i was not the least bit concerned with baseball uh and then for the last couple of nights of the stay, we uh we we switched resorts we went over to the new St. Regis down there and it was uh some some people may understand what I'm talking about here you ever go somewhere and you're just like oh this is this is definitely a class above me uh yeah, I've been in a couple circumstances like that. Like, oh, I I definitely don't belong here. <laughs> this is a this is not for me. This is not for my people. Right. Well, we were able to stay there because my my wife works for uh works for the the company and she got employee rates. But normally, like the the list rate for these rooms would be like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars a night. Right. Right. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, far beyond, uh, anything we'd ever experienced. It was really cool. Um, swam with whale sharks, uh, cool. real life whale sharks. That was cool. I take it that, uh, that you also managed
1: to avoid Montezuma's revenge, eh, Gringo?
0: Uh, for the most part. Yes. Uh, which is, which is shocking to me because I have gotten food poisoning in Thailand and in Indonesia and, in, uh, Nashville, all, all over the place. I'm, I am uh, usually all over the the uh, the food poisoning. Not this trip though, made it out alive. I like it. I like it. Well I,
1: I would say so. Uh, but you know who did not make it out of li- out alive, and that is uh Steven Strasberg and his MLB career.
0: Ah Okay, that was that was really mean. That was awful. <laughs> uh, the second you started that segue, I knew where it was going and I was along for the ride. So it uh, it certainly
1: sounds like um Steven Strasberg may have very well pitched his last uh his last pitch in the Bigs. Like they're they're talking some serious nerve issues now going on with him. And, you and know- like as much as a, as much as a thorn in our side he has been over the years, and you know, of course he's played his entire career, you know, for one of our rivals it kind of stinks to see his career go out like this. Like it, we've gotten, I feel like we've gotten past the point of being like, ha ha, what a horrible contract to, oh boy, that kind of stinks. Like how much more, you know, could we have actually seen out of his career?
0: Yeah. I mean, we saw flashes of it. Um, Obviously the world series run in 2019, he was fantastic. Um, I mean, it was an
1: MVP. He had was, a
0: sub two ERA that entire postseason. Yeah, and and, and I, I and it was at the very least. Let's look at it from this perspective. That man bet on himself and won prior to his body giving out.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that man that man literally gave his body to a Nationals World Series win
0: well that and and in doing so earned himself uh, a ridiculously large contract that that he arguably uh deserved well it,
1: and i think i think beyond that like for those of a certain age i hello hudson that's walter that's walter okay <laughs> i will uh, i will i will be able to distinguish their barks soon enough there's a there's a little teaser for you, <laughs> but I, I, what I'm saying is I think I feel like for baseball fans of a certain age, like we remember the buildup of Strasburg even before he was drafted by the Nationals. Yeah, yeah. Like we we remember this kid when he's at San Diego State and how big of a deal he was. I mean, I I literally I think Strasburg is I don't know three, four years older than, than I am maybe. So that means I would have been, you know, freshman in high school by the time he was doing his thing in college. And like, I can remember my dad, you know, calling me into the living room, him sitting there, you know, on his computer or whatever. And he's like, Hey, come look at this kid. You know, that's the kind of guy Steven Strasburg was. We knew about him well before he even got drafted. And then of course, You're talking about one of the all-time great baseball debuts ever. Oh, yeah. You know, the pomp and circumstance around his debut and how he performed that night. I don't know. I'm not going to say that, like, I'm sad for
0: Strasburg or anything like that because, you know. He's making out. I mean, at the end of the day, he's making out like a bandit. He's set for life, even if he doesn't throw another pitch. And, And there are so many baseball stories that don't end that way. No, th- there are. There are.
1: And but he his is such an interesting case, it feels like. Like he it feels like he is a he is a tale of two careers almost, right? Yeah. Like there were there were times where he was close and it felt like he was about to take that next step into being, you know, possibly one of the best starters in the majors. He gets the MVP in the World Series. And then now for the past three, four, you know, three seasons, three, four seasons, like his story has been one of,
0: you know, just utter dismay. All right. But but yeah, I I feel bad for Strasburg. But at the same time, I'm not going to pine over it because he's 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 going to be at home fine with a giant bag of money for the rest of his life. Um, but before we go to this week in baseball history, Cam, there was one cool baseball-related thing that I got to take part in while I was down in Mexico. Oh, do tell. Well, I got a hot tip from a source down in uh, in Single A that uh, that there were some things going to be moving. So I was lucky enough to get to break the story of David McCabe, Big Maple. And Cedric de Grand Prix getting called up from uh, from Augusta to Rome, which was the biggest thing in the world for about five minutes. Because then immediately afterwards, Alex Anthopoulos called AJ Smith Shaver up to the big club uh, and, and and just just set the Internet ablaze. That was that was one hell of an afternoon for Braves fans. Well
1: so the whole thing with Shaalver like it, it feels like one of those meteoric rises kind of like Harris was
0: having last year right like Harris was having like Strider had one, one of those
1: yeah yeah this it, it, insane stuff and obviously we'll get to his performance here in a little bit but look at look at look at you uh big time in us <laughs> uh,
0: uh it was I it was nice to have my 5 minutes there before uh before Anthopolis was like nah get out of here <laughs> we can't let him have this he he was he was planning to announce Shaver like a couple days later but then he saw my announcement and it's like oh, you know <laughs> i'm not your buddy guy <laughs> one day one one day cam you and me were breaking big brave news
1: one day we're going to get anthopolis on this podcast i feel like that would be the most fun interview ever yes yes and because the-
0: the he least is, serious interview that anthopolis would ever participate in
1: oh he'd be great because i feel like he's quirky
0: enough that he he would have he would have fun with us i every interview i hear with him it's it's kind of the same questions that generate those auto responses that a guy in his position kind of has to give right so right. can we loosen him up if we're not talking about immediate transactions i don't know Who's listening what, that knows Anthopoulos?
1: There's got to be somebody, right? Somebody. There is somebody listening to this podcast right now that has a connection to the team.
0: It's Alex Anthopoulos, big listener. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> new, it, it, it would be the new five dollar a month patron, Alex Anthopoulos. <laughs> <laughs> Those those discounts finally uh, paid off. He's giving us five bucks a month. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Well, Cam, that's enough silliness and talk about my vacation and such. What do you say we talk about some some cool moments from baseball history?
1: Let's do it. All right. We are going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is June 5th through the 11th. Our first fact comes to us from June 5th, 2008. With the third overall pick, the Royals select American Heritage High School senior Eric Hosmer in the first round of the amateur draft. <laughs> the... I'm not done. The slugging first baseman chosen after infielders, Tim Beckham and Pedro Alvarez will receive $6 million for signing with Kansas city. Hey, the that's, that's Braves legend, Tim Beckham to you. The largest bonus given to a friend, given to a draftee in franchise history. Unbelievable. So, uh, so what we're learning here is that Eric Hosmer might be the greatest con man in the history
0: of baseball. Oh, uh, th- uh! Oh, I don't know. Cole Hamill's has given him a real run for his money. Yeah, True. Even though he wasn't good, at least he played. That's true. We got, we got, <laughs> he what? took the field. That's more than Hamels could say. We got
1: what, three and a third out of Hamill's? <laughs> or, or was it two and a third? Did he, did he even get through the, the rotation? Did he even get to the lineup once? I, I want
0: to say it was three and a third. Three and a third. Against Baltimore. Never forget. (laughs) And he got (laughs) rocked. Got shelled.
1: (laughs) Just just absolutely got shellacked.
0: (laughs) How does Eric Hosmer wind up being our lead this week in baseball? (laughs) We've produced more Hosmer content than any podcast in America this season. I don't know. Baseball is Dead has talked about Hosmer a lot the past (laughs) few
1: weeks. (laughs) Oh, me. All right. Our next fact comes to us from June 7th, 1998. And that is not the fact that I wanted to have for June 7th. Bummer. Yeah.
0: Hang on. We're hanging.
1: Ah. See, sometimes you go to screenshot a fact and then whenever you go to crop said fact so you don't have a full page of screenshots. Sometimes then you come away. Okay, there we go. It does come to us from June 7th, 1998. See, it's I think the wrong date. Night. it's a good Yeah, day. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. is that I don't know. Okay. After going 6 and 0 against Atlanta and Florida, the Cubs complete their third consecutive three-game sweep by beating the White Sox 13-7. to The last time Chicago put together a similar feat occurred 80 years earlier in 1918. <laughs> so they went 80 years between three consecutive three-game sweeps. That's
0: crazy.
1: I tell you though, I mean it was late, a
0: it was a historically bad eighty years, which which it, it, we already know. It, it was it was. I tell you,
1: those late nineties Cubs teams, they were fun. They were fun. They were fun. Like I've I've said it on the show before that you know there was a there was a brief period where I could have just as likely ended up a Cubs
0: fan that I did a Braves fan thanks to WGN. Uh, the same, but thanks to to living up there uh, at that time, and it was like like that. It was an interesting time for Chicago because obviously in the late nineties, the Bulls owned the city, right? The Bulls owned the city. The White Sox were a complete afterthought. The Bears were a complete afterthought, but the Cubs were like that one outlet that that Chicago fans had that was like. Hey, we don't have to get too wrapped up in this, but they're fun to watch. Well,
1: well hang on, hang on, hang on. The White Sox were an afterthought, except for nineteen ninety five, being ah, with the uh, with, with, with the Barons. Yeah, yeah. Good times. What a what a what a time! It also gave us the uh, the all time cinematic classic Space Jam.
0: Now that was uh, a formative experience of my childhood.
1: Oh, I, I can't begin to tell you the number of times I have ever watched Space Jam in my life.
0: Uh, it was. I think it was just on loop for like three years.
1: Killer soundtrack too. Oh, also, they sneak a pulp. Come fiction on and reference. slam and welcome to the jam. They they snuck a Pulp Fiction reference into a children's movie. Of course they did, and it's great.
0: I'm surprised Bill Murray didn't take his pants off at some point. Uh, he probably someone... did. He probably well, did. One of the monsters gets pantsed.
1: <laughs> I, do, I do remember that. Well, yeah, that's how you beat a Monstar. Everyone knows that. Can we talk about how cool the monsters were, though? Yeah, like they were the was, best. They were, j- and then they had like that great entrance music when they came out to the
0: court. I mean, they were they were like a they were the NWO of the Space Jam movie. Like they were, they were the bad guys, clearly, but you still liked them. And then, like
1: a year or so later, you actually had a member of the Bulls in the NWO. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> and they take on DDP and Carl Malone. Carl Malone. In hindsight,
0: Carl Malone was the heel all along. Who knew? Who knew? Dennis Rodman was just quirky. Yeah,
1: like. Dennis Robin was just being himself and not hurting anybody. Carl Malone, actual horrible person. Yes. Oh, God. Despicable human being. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, enough of late 90s NBA chat. Our next fact Uh, Carl
0: Carl Malone won 14 rebounding championships. Don't believe me? Go Google Carl Malone 14. I shouldn't land this horrible.
1: <laughs> Golly. Uh, speaking of all that, though, I did recently start watching The Last Dance and Gummit. what a time that was when, oh, when it came out. It's so good.
0: It's so good. And that, that documentary is just so perfectly well done. Like, it takes you right back to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, th- that real run is is kind of before my time. Like, I was four years old when they won the last of the three-peat repeat Mm -hmm. so like i don't i don't remember that stuff
0: so that was that was fun for me that was the first three-peat for me like like i had a vague knowledge of it but i don't i didn't have recollections of like games and moments uh the second one i i was luckily old enough because that was god that was the coolest thing i've ever seen
1: Right. Yeah. And, and like, obviously, I knew who Michael Jordan was and like that sort of thing. But did I know what was actually going on? No, not at all.
0: All right. It wasn't our... even about Michael Jordan. That was a Tony coach team. You're going to you're going to do that every time, are you? I love me some Tony.
1: Yeah, Michael came around to him. OK, <laughs> our next fight comes to us from June 9th. 2010. The Diamondbacks beat Atlanta 2-1 to one, thanks to a bizarre two-run inside the park Homer hit by Gerardo Pera in the eighth inning of the Chase Field contest. The decision run scores when Nate McLouth and Jason Hayward violently collide after sprinting into <laughs> the gap in left center
0: field <laughs> trying to make the play. Ah, uh, yet another memory unlocked. <laughs>
1: Because if there's one thing that twenty twenty ten 2010 Atlanta Braves are known for, it is defensive goofs. Oh boy. You know, I, I had a violent outfield collision one time. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. And I'm not being facetious when I say that. Um,
0: Damn it. I thought you were setting up a dad joke.
1: No, I'm not like this. This for real happened. Um, I Was It it was literally the last year that I played baseball in in rec league. I was 15 years old. I was playing in the 13 to 15-year-old league. And I'm in right field, and the center fielder is also 15 years old. And we get a fly ball hit out to uh, deep right center field. We both take off after it, and we never call each other off. And the next thing I know, I am laying on the ground, and I see my head coach running out of the dugout toward us. (laughs) <laughs> like the only time in my life I legit think I was knocked out for a brief moment
0: um I actually have a have a getting knocked out in the outfield story as well oh so, boy so it was it was actually it was my last year of baseball um I had uh I had always played catcher um and and I wasn't great but I was good enough to keep playing catcher Um, but I wind up on a team where the coach's kid was the catcher. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I became the left fielder. Right. Um, Now, if I'm not involved in every single play, I am going to zone out and lose interest. Um, and when a fly ball comes my way, uh, that fact does not give me time to, to adjust to the ball flying at me. Um, so I remember trying to find the ball and only seeing it when it was like 10 feet from my head. Um, it struck me in the head, and the next thing I know, uh, I wake up with everybody all around me. Uh, apparently, they told me I spun around like two or three times and just hit the deck. Fun, yeah, so <laughs> that also might explain a little bit about me. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> what,
1: what are you gonna do?
0: Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you just get concussed, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh I, I
1: got a concussion one time. How so? Uh, in the most absolutely embarrassing way possible.
0: Yes, please do tell. Uh seventh
1: grade. Uh we're we're outside after lunch, you know, hanging out Because, out, like you know, middle school you don't have playgrounds, you just kind of go outside to a general area. Right. You know. Right. And, and hang out and do things and be terrible, mean kids. Cause that's what middle schoolers are. Yeah. Um, and so me and my buddies, we started having this contest to see who could like walk on their hands the furthest. Hmm. And, and for some reason, I thought that I had the upper body and core strength to even be able to do such a thing.
0: Oh goodness gracious.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I I absolutely like pile drive myself straight onto the top of my head on the ground. <laughs> and gave myself a very uh, very mild concussion.
0: Very nice. I love it. Yeah, ain't that fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, not great. I completely rung my bell. And yeah, it ended up being an actual concussion. So that's fun. <laughs> I'm only like five more away from just i don't know having cte that's that's great (laughs) okay (laughs) our final fact comes to us from june 11th 1988 you know alex we see some odd decisions made time to time in lineups we talk about why a guy is batting in the certain spot that he is or you know why a guy has been given the day off randomly Well, in 1988, Billy Martin gave us a fun one. Yankee skipper Billy Martin decides to use starting pitcher Rick Roden as his designated hitter due to a shortage of right-handed hitters to face Southpaw Jeff Ballard, making the right-hander the first hurler to start at that position. In his lone plate appearance, the right-handed hurler hits a sacrifice fly before being lifted for a pinch hitter in the fifth inning of the Yankees' 8-6 victory over the Orioles.
0: Hey, I mean, at least he got his sack fly. Like that's that's it a productive, worked. It worked. That's a productive day.
1: All right, so I'm going to give you a scenario. All right, all, all right. right, you ready? So I'm I'm, I'm going to like take us back to that July Fourth game a couple of years ago, and let, let's say we're in a similar circumstance of that now. All right, you've you've run through your bench pieces. The DH is in place. We know for a fact. All right, we got to pick one of our pitchers who hasn't been used out of the bullpen already to pinch hit for us here in a spot. Who are you going with besides Max Freed? Max Freed, you can't answer. Oh, besides Freed? That's not fair. Um, Well, well, Freed's the easy answer because we've seen it work.
0: Let's see. You know, I'm going Chavez. I just know Chavez has a bunch of ABs under his belt. Yeah, yeah,
1: I suppose he would. You know, I've never actually looked at his hitting stats. I wonder. I'm not actually going to look it up. Don't, don't, don't confuse that for me. Actually looking it up. I'm being lazy. Um, um, oh no,
0: no, I'm I'm looking it up. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, while you look that up, so I, in, I've got an answer. In 2015, he uh, had three abs and got a hit, so he had a three thirty-three average. Hey, that's that. That'll put you in the hall, brother. <laughs> uh had 5 ABs for the Angels in 2017 no hits unfortunately um yeah. still waiting on his first hit as an Atlanta Brave unfortunately
1: i'm going to go I, i'm i'm going to go with one that you might not be expecting i'm so, going to go with with Bryce Elder why not you know he the the numbers, hey, the numbers hey, say he's
0: not supposed to be able to pitch either but he can do that He's a hoss, right? He is, yeah.
1: Like, like he he could just run into one. Bri- Bryce Elder is like is like a bumblebee. Okay. Okay. Science tells us that bumblebees should not be able to fly due to their size and wingspan, and yet they defy all
0: odds. You know what? I'll take it. Bryce Elder is a bumblebee. Yeah. Everything tells us that Bryce should not be able to do the things right. that he does, but he does them anyway. I've, I and I'm to the point where I've I've gotten past it, and I'm just enjoying it. Just simply enjoying the fact that that he is great when every metric that normally gets used says otherwise
1: for no darn good reason.
0: I love it. <laughs> I love it
1: well that has been this week in baseball
0: history do with that useless knowledge what you will all right guys we will take a look back to see uh what the braves have been doing since we last spoke and see what lies ahead all right guys well we've got a lot of games to talk about there have been there have been 10 games since we last spoke so thank god may is over yes and uh and cam i uh like i said i watched None of these games, uh, none of them. So if, uh, if I miss anything that, uh, that jumps out at you, by all means, let me know, but uh, we're going to roll right along here with the last game of the Dodgers series. The Braves had lost the first two of the series and we're looking to salvage uh, at least a, a gentleman's sweep out of the Dodgers. Um, so the Dodgers had Tony Gonsolin going for, uh, for them. And Bryce Elder, the aforementioned was going for the Braves. Uh, Elder gave us seven hits across six innings, allowing only one earned run and one walk and struck out six. Um, Another great outing for Elder. Gonsolin, uh, we got to him a little bit, knocked him out in five and two thirds after three earned runs. Um, Marcelo Zuna continues to be one of the better hitters on the Braves team, hit a big home run in the fifth inning that put the Braves on top for good. Uh, Braves end up winning four to three and salvage that one game out of the Dodgers series. i'll take it it's it's better than nothing you just uh let's just not get swept that's that's where i'm at right now so uh we get we get a visit from the phillies after the dodgers series aaron nola was on the hill for the first game for the phillies uh, up against dylan dodd for the braves Um, and you might be surprised to find out that dylan dodd actually had a better line than aaron nola uh nola uh went six innings allowing eight oh, hits.
1: oh, i i, w- I wouldn't be <laughs> and, and 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 here's why here's why if we play nola I, I i've accepted this if we go up against nola in atlanta we're gonna absolutely rock him if we go up against him in philadelphia the headlines the next day will be aaron nola Cy young contender
0: <laughs> uh, i love it when they just find it against us Oh, uh, as the, as they do. So Nola goes six innings, allowing eight hits, five earned runs, seven strikeouts. Dylan Dodd goes five innings, allowing seven hits, four earned one, four earned runs, and three strikeouts. Uh, Austin Riley had a mammoth home run to to start the game off in the first, scoring Matt Olson. Uh, Alec Boehm had a two run homer in the second inning to uh, to tie the game up, and it was a little back and forth throughout the day until the Braves finally pulled ahead at the end, uh, winning the game eight to five, getting the save from Rysel Iglesias and the, uh, the win for Nick Anderson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Always feels, uh feels good to take one from the, f- this feels like eons ago. What do you want me to say about these games at this point, Alex? I,
0: I I don't know. Cam didn't watch the games either. Guys, we're doing our best. I mean, I watched some of them. <laughs> I watched most of these, I guess, we're maybe. trying our best. Yeah. <laughs> all right so for the second game of the philly series taiwan walker was on the hill for the phillies up against jared schuster for the braves taiwan gives them six and two-thirds allowing 10 hits but only three earned runs walker only struck out one brave on the day Uh, meanwhile schuster goes five and two-thirds allowing three hits but three earned runs uh, with three walks and five strikeouts um, so it was uh, another offensive contest, and it was back and forth, just like the game before. But the uh, the the Phillies end up with the edge in this one, winning this one six to four. Craig Kimbrell notches his 300th save of his career in Atlanta, and and I know he's a Philly guy,s I know he he's he hasn't been with the Braves for a while, but. It felt pretty cool to me to see Kimbrel get get his milestone save on the hill in Atlanta. He's been a not
1: brave longer than he was a brave. Shut up. He was
0: rookie of the year and almost sight young. Cool. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Can't have anything nice. Now while I'm around Bucko. (laughs) So the Braves and Phillies.
1: You you can you can have nice things on the on the show next year.
0: Okay. Wait a second. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) So the Braves and Phillies uh split the first two games of the series. Uh back for the third game. Braves starting Spencer Strider going up against what's this guy's name? Dylan Covey, if anybody's heard of that guy. Uh, Well, the Braves hadn't heard of him because he only got through two-thirds of an inning, uh, allowing six hits and five earned runs, uh, which was well enough cushion for Spencer Strider, who went six innings, allowing two earned runs, struck out nine. Braves offense went off. Matt Olson homered, Austin Riley homered uh acuna michael harris made the catch of the year michael harris made an absolutely insane catch this was a really fun game to watch and wound up being a laugher as the as the braves win 11 to 4
1: there was a brief moment in this game where it felt like maybe a comeback was happening and then we just pulled away and we're like no bye All right. So uh so. Do, you, do you remember okay, speaking speaking of laughers on Sunday night against the Phillies, do you remember that one laugher what what year was it? Was it 21? Maybe it was 21. We're like, we pulled out ahead way, way early, and then the Phillies just slowly climbed back in, and then we ended up having to use Will Smith to close the game out oh, in the night. Yeah. Because it ended up being like a two-run win and they know why
0: i remember that game it just dawned on me why that was tommy malone's first start as an atlanta brave he had just oh my god he had had just hopped off the plane we we broke that news on the podcast didn't we we did we did. (laughs) braves legend tommy Tommy malone Malone. (laughs) didn't think we'd be dropping tommy malone in here
1: was so bad we gave him like an 8 spot and he still couldn't maintain right
0: <laughs> oh my god he was he was strictly there to eat innings with no regard for how many runs he gave up because the and offense he still was couldn't playing. eat innings <laughs> oh good time so from from one Braves legend of old to uh, an actual Braves legend of old Uh, the brave starting pitcher for this first game in Oakland was, uh, a familiar face though we hadn't seen him in a while. Mike Soroka started a major league baseball game following a two and a half year recovery from two count them two Achilles tears. So I'm just letting that sit there because one, I don't give a damn what his results were like, not at all. Um, the fact that he was pitching in a major league baseball game is worth celebrating. The result of that game is irrelevant, honestly. Um, he he had an okay game. He did complete six innings, allowed four earned runs, struck out three, walked two, um, but he was out there. And, and again, that's all I really feel like talking about. O- Oakland won seven to two, but who cares? Mike Soroka started.
1: Yeah. Yeah uh that was that was one of those games that it felt like all day i think we were just all on pins and needles anticipating finally getting to see him back out there and uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll get into it here in a minute after we talk about his second start cuz i have
0: i have opinions oh as as do i as do I. So uh, we we lose the first game to Oakland. It's a uh, it's a three game set. So we come back looking to uh, give ourselves a chance to win the series. Uh, JP Sears on the mounds for for the Athletics. Trusty Bryce Elder back on the mound for the Braves and gives us yet another great outing. Seven and a third, five hits allowed, one earned run. Did walk three but struck out five. Lowered his ERA to a league leading one point nine two. So all we need was the uh the Braves offense to click a little bit. And then the third, Kevin Pilar started the scoring out with a solo homer to left, put the Braves on top one to nothing.
1: And then the third, Kevin Pilar ended the Braves scoring with a home run. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that was it. Elder was good. Pilar was good. Nobody else was good. So Oakland, so- Oakland wins two to
1: one. So, full disclosure, did not stay up for th- this game. I woke up the next morning about 6.15. I looked at my phone, saw that we lost, and, like, audibly said, what the
0: hell? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, the Oakland Athletics are historically bad, and uh, it would have been... like Okay, okay. Not, not just... When
1: we say historically
0: bad, that's not even being... It's outlanded. not hyperbolic at all.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. They are on pace to lose... Like we're talking Cleveland spiders, bad. <laughs> that, that is that is how bad. Like we talk about the Cleveland spiders being the worst. Like, no, no, no. We they're bad. They're very,
0: very bad. They're Cam, very, very bad. Yes. Knowing, knowing what you just said, were you surprised to see the results of the first two Oakland Athletics games? Ah, uh, yeah, I would say yes. This no, this was a trap. Stop it. This this is a, the kind of trap game the Braves okay. <laughs> always tend to fall into in the summertime. Well,
1: okay, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I think the thought is there that like something like this could happen, but also I think on the surface you look at that series and you go, okay, well, that, that's a that's a series for us to take there. But I, I did mention at one point I, I tweeted out something about um this would be the most Braves
0: thing ever to lose this series. <laughs> well, and they did, and it was the most Braves thing ever. Uh, but we come back for the third game, hoping to salvage a little bit from our trip to Oakland. Jared Schuster got the start going up against Caprellian for the Athletics. I'm only guessing on the pronunciation there. I'm pretty sure I had that Pokemon card going up. Caprellian <laughs> followed by Lovelady and Waldachuk. I uh, choose you. Some, some great names from the Athletics pitching staff on this game. Um, Jared Schuster had a decent outing went five and a third allowed two earned runs struck out one had a little trouble with walks allowed four uh did get some offensive help in this game uh Ozzie Albies put the Braves up early two to nothing with a homer to right uh scoring Rosario and that was all the Braves would need as the game ends up four to two and the Braves do manage to salvage one game from this athletic series
1: not going to lie though just for like the lol's getting swept in Oakland would have been genuinely hilarious. Oh god.
0: All right, well we go from Oakland to Arizona uh to play arguably the best team in in the National League. I mean they're going into this series they're leading a division that contains the the Padres, Giants and and Dodgers. Um so this is not a team to be taken lightly. Uh, first game is Charlie Morton versus Merrill Kelly uh, and really was a, uh, a bit of a pitcher's duel to start out Merrill Kelly goes seven innings allowing two earned runs on five hits strike out strikes out eight. meanwhile uh, Charlie goes seven innings allowing six hits three earned runs walks two and strikes out nine so fantastic outing from Charlie the exact kind of outing you're looking from your veteran that you're looking for from your veteran unfortunately, uh Braves offense could not provide enough uh Eddie Rosario namely uh was the Braves offense and uh Arizona finishes with three runs and Eddie Rosario finishes with two unfortunately the Braves lose
1: (laughs) I think my exact words were good game Charlie good game Eddie good game
0: yeah that's that's it there were two good Braves on this day and that was just not enough to top the Diamondbacks nope So we come back for the second game of the series with Spencer Strider up on the hill, going up against Ryan Nelson for the Diamondbacks. Uh, Strider has a a little bit of a tough outing, uh, not not his normal numbers. He goes six innings, allowing two earned runs, walked forward, struck out seven, while also allowing a home run. Um, Luckily uh, for us, Nelson had a little bit worse of a day, going four and two thirds, allowing three earned runs. No strikeouts, which we love to see from, uh, from pitchers we're facing. Uh, we, uh, we did get some offense in this game. Uh, Ronald Acuna hit yet another mammoth shot to left center. This one, 464 feet. Uh, I think he now owns the, uh, the record for most, home, most consecutive home runs recorded over 420 feet. I think his last 10 have all been just bombs. Um, and uh, Hey,
1: remember, remember when that one Mets fan was talking
0: about how he thought Ronald had lost all of his power? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I mean, can go as far back as his objectively long golf swing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Ronald Acuna stays the best player in baseball and the Braves win five to two. So we come back for the third game against the Diamondbacks. Uh, And we have Mike Soroka going for his second start back in the majors up against Zach Gallen, which is just a, a, a great looking matchup on paper. Uh, Soroka had a little bit of a rough outing rougher than the first. It was three and two thirds, allowing seven hits, five earned runs, walked four, struck out two, allowed two homers uh, on 80 pitches, just a, a really tough day for him. But you know it's going to take a while for for him to find his command, on, especially on his secondary pitches. I was reading some that was that that friend of the show Grant McCauley, was writing about it, and, and you know it is it. He he had command of his fastball. He didn't have command of his secondary pitches. That's something that takes time and 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 practice at the highest levels to get down. So you know I think as long as uh the Braves stay the course and uh and can can weather some of these tough starts uh then Mike's going to be in a great place right here in the Braves line or the Braves rotation
1: and and you know two or three of those bases that he gave up were on what i would say were good pitches
0: right, right.
1: yeah like like you think about that little dumper down the down the third base line that like just dropped out of reach mm-hmm. uh, of Austin Riley you know stuff like that um i don't know it feels more unfortunate than anything
0: but but yeah we're gonna it's it's mike soroka and and obviously it's been a long road back so we're gonna we're gonna stick by him and and let him figure it out right well the idea that
1: anybody wants to like dfa him or cut our losses so to speak is just baffling to me
0: well cam i'm just gonna come out and say it i'm frankly upset that mike soroka today has been sent down to triple a yeah that that that's also a very confusing decision i'm 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 really really not happy about that um the braves have have said themselves that they don't want to yo-yo these guys between triple a and the majors and and i don't think that Sirocco is going to be able to fine tune his stuff in AAA the way that he would be against major league competition. I, I don't see how this move in any way benefits Soroka or the Braves long term.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a confusing one, to be sure. And uh, I don't know, maybe the reason you, you think about you think about a performance out of, of somebody out of the bullpen. It's like, okay, well, maybe that has to that plays into it a little bit, but also would it have been that bad of an idea to roll with a six man rotation for no. a week no for a week, not at just once <laughs> you know? Uh, know in
0: in a corresponding move uh the Braves also uh called up um uh, Rodri Muno- Munoz, something like that Rodry, hands up this is a Rodry.
1: I <laughs> like the fifty seventh time I've heard that joke today.
0: <laughs> that's what I am good for. I stole that one. Is from it Bobby? It, am, am
1: I a, am I Am I a bad fan because I don't I don't know who he is. I
0: I, I hope not because I know his name, but that's kind of a bad. I know his name and that he's a pitcher. Okay. I hope he impresses the hell out of me and makes me feel stupid for not knowing more about him. Oh, but don't
1: worry, though. Uh, also, in another corresponding move, Max Frey got moved to the 60-day I.L., which apparently is an awful, horrible, terrible thing that none of us should have seen coming, according to, to some.
0: It's – I mean, we all I, – i guys, we talked about this. <laughs> he, he was always going to go to the 60-day I.L. There was no I doubt mean, about it I mean, we did. I don't, I don't know what was
1: talked about on the Braves podcast, but, you know.
0: <laughs>
1: i'm just i'm, I'm just I, i'm not i'm uh, not gonna pull punches anymore let's you say don't you say dumb things i'm just gonna call you out on it do it
0: um okay. so uh so yeah the um re... okay <laughs> so I'm sorry. to 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 find the silver lining in this well there's no silver lining we have to find mike soroka had about bad, bad outing but the Braves still managed to win eight to five um, but the real the, the real fun thing to talk about after this one was uh, was the debut of AJ Smith Shaver. Uh, came out of the bullpen for two and a third and didn't allow a hit. Did walk one batter, but got three strikeouts on thirty nine <laughs> pitches. Just a, a phenomenal first outing for the kid. And and honestly, like
1: he, I feel like he maybe could have gone a little bit longer too. Like I know he got pulled after the walk, but I, I feel like he could have you know they could have given him a little more leash but he looked good yeah i mean he looked really good he also looks like sean murphy but that's
0: that's another story <laughs> one thing to point out here too in this game the braves bullpen had to cover four and a third innings uh of this game and i'm sorry five and a third innings of this game um did not al- only allowed one hit did not allow a single earned run two walks six strikeouts um, for a bullpen that has had its struggles thus far, uh, that feels like a, a really encouraging outing, especially with the new guy fit right in the middle there. And lest we forget,
1: the heroics of Eduardo.
0: Cam, help. I was asleep.
1: Oh, what? Eddie yeah. Rosario hit a grand slam, Alex.
0: Oh, this is the day I was flying dude <laughs> this that's what happened so yeah the uh the Braves find themselves down four to five entering the ninth inning Braves load the bases Harris Acuna and Riley all get on base ahead of Eddie Well Right well, Riley was intentionally walked to get to Rosario Cause they wanted a piece of that Eddie Rosario who had already uh, dropped two homers on him in the first game of this series. Yeah. That, uh, that,
1: that was, that was a really weird decision.
0: And Eddie comes in and homers to right center 381, 381 feet. Grand slam to put the Braves up eight to five. And that will be your final Braves. Take the series against the Arizona <laughs> diamondbacks
1: a very good Arizona diamondbacks team. That is, that is a huge, 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 huge win to be able to come away and and take that series. Absolutely. It
0: is. It really is. And, uh, and, and you're going back into division play after this. So, so that's a a nice little bit of momentum to ride into uh, into this next homestand, which will start on Tuesday of this week, June 6th, the New York Mets are visiting town for three games uh elder and Carrasco will be uh taking the hill in the first uh, Morton and Scherzer in the second and then Strider and Verlander in the third each of those games will be at 720 that's going to be a hell of a, a a hell of a series man they've got their their three best arms going uh because Lord knows Kodai Senga has been having a rough go of it but it has been uh it, it'll be interesting to watch
1: I, yeah I I really like the matchups here I, I, I really like morton and scherzer is really really fun and then Strider Schreiter and verlander Ber- oh that's so much fun well even I, then it's, like
0: it's old and young of the same pitcher i feel like
1: well and then you, you know elder and Carrasco that that's such an interesting matchup right oh like, yeah two guys who you feel like probably shouldn't be as good as they are but are exactly <laughs> although although cookie hasn't been great this year
0: he has not He is not. Um, So I expect him to find it. Of course. Yes. Uh, As is tradition. And then we'll have Washington visiting town for the weekend series. We've got three games with them. 720 on Friday, 410 on Saturday, 135 on Sunday. Uh, We have uh, two open slots to begin this series, the Friday and Saturday games. Uh, Presumably... AJ smith Shaver may get one of those because he was a starter up until that one bullpen uh, appearance a couple of days ago. Um, Don't know where he'll slot in, but we're going to be going up against Mackenzie Gore, Trevor Williams, and Jake Irvin uh, with with, uh, Bryce Elder getting the third start for the Braves for the Sunday game. I like it. Yeah, so don't know how those will end up, but we'll be right back here with you next week to tell you all about them right here on the Fans First Sports Network. So for Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye. This has been the Chatting Average Podcast. Be sure to check out our merchandise store at teespring.com slash stores slash Chatting Average Podcast. And please consider becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com slash Chatting Average. We'll see you next week for another brand new episode.